right, yeah, it's, it's very cool. No more hotels, no more motels, no more no-tells. I mean, this is, you know, we've got a baptismal now. It's awesome. How many people will be glad for two weeks from today? How about two weeks in a day? 26, right? No more getting ran over by people trying to save a dollar fifty. I know this from experience. People were uptight this year. I've never seen anything like it. My wife sent me to the store at least ten times to find this doll. You probably, I don't, I don't even know. I forget. Poopy, doopy, fixed her hair, e or something like something real weird. Everybody's wanting this year, and they're like twenty bucks, selling for eighty bucks on eBay. So I've gotten to experience all this stuff. But I'm looking forward to Christmas Eve, man. Christmas Eve services for me are the only time during the Christmas holiday that I get to just focus on Christ. Now, I don't really relax because I have to speak, but my, my, you know, my focus is zeroed in. I don't have anything else clamoring for my attention, at least for those three services. So I'm jazzed about that because I don't know about you, but by the 26th, I am stocked up on dysfunction, man, big time, ready, ready to be done with that. And uh, no more I want that after every commercial. I'm like, Crystal, we just can't afford it, you know, just chill out a little bit. But you know what I'm saying? After every commercial... No more can I just open one every day after November 30th. For me, it's I don't have to worry about telling the truth about SC anymore. I can just, you know, it would be so nice with the line our kids, you know what I mean? But until that day, all right, so we're going to get a definitive that. So my email is chriswigham at gmail.com. Send me, all, send me all the feedback you want to send me. I love them, man. Send me all you got. But I'm excited about today. This, this is a big day for us, getting baptized in-house. It's awesome. And so I want you to look at a section of Scripture with me to celebrate this time. Acts chapter 8, kind of a cool story. In fact, I don't think we've ever looked at this story together in our church history, so this will be kind of fun. Verse 26, But an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Get up and go south to the road that descends from Jerusalem to Gaza. It's a hot spot now, isn't it? This is a desert road. So he got up and went. There was an Ethiopian eunuch, a court official of Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasure. He had come to Jerusalem to worship, and he was returning and sitting in his chariot and was reading the prophet Isaiah. Then the spirit of uh, said to Philip, go up and join his, his chariot. Philip ran and, and heard him reading Isaiah. He said, do you understand what And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now the passage of scripture which he was reading at was this. He was, a, he was led as a sheep to the slaughter. As a lamb before its shears was silent. In humiliation his judgment was taken away. Who will relate his generation for his life is removed from the earth? Which is about Christ. Then the eunuch answered Philip and said, Please tell me of whom does this prophet say this? himself or of someone else, and Philip opened his mouth, and beginning from this scripture, he preached Jesus to him. As they went along the road, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, look, water, what prevents me from being baptized? That's the question this whole message for me sprang from. What prevents me from being baptized? We're going to see the close of this in just a little bit, but this story is prolific in the scripture. This represents completely what God was talking about. The last thing he said in Matthew 28, 18 through 20, the last challenge to the disciples, we've termed it the Great, the great uh, Commission, 
this is the last thing Jesus said before he took off. You know, this is the last thing he said. This is a picture of it. The last commandment Jesus gave was the mission of the church. He said, I want you to become a Christ follower. I want you to invite Jesus Christ into your life. I want you to do whatever work you have to do. I want you to consider it my death, my sacrifice. I mean, when you look at the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, even when you look at it from Isaiah, you look at the slaughter, you have to ask the question, why? Why would God step into story and be slaughtered by people? And the the answer is sin. And so Jesus said, listen, I want you to take your, your humanity and compare it to my deity you're going to come up short, but I don't want you to panic, because I want you to consider that I died. He's standing before them. He had just risen again. He was complete. He was whole. He had been beaten literally to death, and he was whole. He died on the cross. He was whole. And he's saying, listen, I want you to accept me, believe on me, and I want you to go then and mature in me. I want you to discover things in the Bible. I want you to discover me in prayer. I want you to partner with other Christians, and as you do, I want you guys to go tell other people about me that doesn't know anything about me. I want you to go tell them of my love that I've shown for you, my grace that I've given you. I want you, know, I want you to do that. Now, here's the way, that's a long way of saying the way we say it at LifePoint. Discover Jesus, go be Jesus. We believe that a person needs to discover Jesus Christ. We believe the Bible teaches that. That's what we go by at LifePoint. If you've never been here, we go by the Bible. That God said, listen, I want you to discover me. I want you to not just discover words about me. I don't want you to just know things about me. I want you to know me. And the way you know God, the way you're connected to God, is by belief that Jesus died and was buried and rose again for you. And then with your heart and belief, you call on God and ask him to be your own. At that moment, there's a relationship with God established that can never be taken away. Nothing can ever erode that. God's not a, God doesn't give and take back. He wants you to, to experience that. But then, then we kind of tagged it, discover Jesus, go be Jesus. If Jesus were in your shoes, what would he do? If Jesus were going to your cubicle, if he were in your office pool, if he had your team, if he was in your spot in your life, if he was in your manufacturing plant, if he was in your classroom, if he was in your friend base, what would he do? How would he show the love and message of God himself to other people? And Jesus wouldn't become something that that he wasn't. He doesn't ask you to do that. He asks you to be transformed by him spiritually and then use your personality, your gifts, your talents to serve him, to know him, to reach out to other people, to connect with other people, to to be him in your world. and, And as you do that, Bible, you discover it in the Bible, you listen to the Bible, however you get it, you ingest the Bible, you talk to God, and as you do that, you find other people that are doing that, and you go together, you gather with them in big gatherings, you gather with them in small gatherings, according to Hebrews chapter 10, and you go together, and you change the world for Christ. You show God's love to people. So you're doing it individually in your world, and then you do it collectively together in in, in the world at large. And so you just got these two guys, man got this Ethiopian eunuch. This leader was made a eunuch. A eunuch was someone that, that they, they took care of so he could not have sex. Today, we just get people married. I mean, it's just kind of the same principle, okay? Once again, my email is chriswigham at gmail.com. Send me all the stuff you want to send me, right? I'm just joking. You know I'm just kidding. LOL, JK, LMBO, whatever, right? He was in the initial stages of discovering 
this eunuch, this Ethiopian, it's amazing, a personal connection with Christ. He didn't even know it. He was not coming to Jerusalem to seek Jesus like old, like the, you know, the, you know, the Magi or the wise men or whatever. I mean, this was the furthest thing from his mind. He was just saying, listen, I have got this political clout. I have got this power. He wasn't even from that continent. And I'm going to go over here because I have some kind of tie. I, I think that maybe he could tie his tradition, his religion back to Solomon. That's my opinion. You can take it for what it's worth. But I think that, that this guy's pilgrimage led him to Jerusalem. But it could have been a Muslim pilgrimage. It could have been something else. Uh, or, and, you know, what? not necessarily Islamic pilgrimage because that, that whole thing hadn't happened. But it could have been something other than Christ. It definitely was something other than Christ. could have been something other than Judaism. My opinion, it was probably some kind of Judaic thing that was drawing him there. He had no clue about Christ. It wasn't on his radar. It wasn't what he was about. He wasn't even thinking about Jesus Christ. And he encounters this guy named Philip. I mean, this guy was searching and he encountered this guy named Philip. Philip. Philip had discovered Jesus Christ not long before this moment. He had not been a Christ follower long. But he said, listen, God... I want to discover you, and I have discovered you. I want to mature in you. I want an active, adventurous faith with you. I want to walk with you. I want to talk about you. I want to talk with you. I want to discover more about you. I want to mature. I just don't want a list of the new things. I don't want a list of belief lists that makes me feel spiritual. I want a wild, unbridled, adventurous, purpose-filled relationship of following you. When you make that kind of surrender, God is going to do just that. So he said, listen, what I want you to do is to go into the wilderness. I want you to go down this desert road. Now, when God tells us to do something really cool, like, listen, I want you to go downtown. I'm going to drop this gigantic check on you in front of everybody. Then I want you to give me one of these. Or, you know, I'm going to to give you the promotion at work, and I want you to hit me with one of these. Or, you know, give me these or drop on a knee, man. You know, it's like, yeah, it's not what he did. This is this private thing between him and God. But he had said this, I discovered you. I want to go be you. I want to use my gifts. So when God gave him this really strange command with no promise of how it was going to turn out, he didn't say, okay, send me, fax me that proposal or email me that proposal or scan me that proposal. I'll go over it or send something from a database, check if you accept or some kind of RSVP. He just said, listen, I will do that. God, I'm saying yes. I have these gifts. I have these talents. I'm maturing. I'm not perfect. I'm new to this faith thing, but I want to. I want to do this for you. I have discovered you, and I want to go be you. I love this story because you have a guy who was not looking for for uh, Jesus Christ. He was definitely like like I've seen all these fish symbols. There's got to be something to this or. I saw this chariot with a sticker on the back. It said, unmanned with rapture, you know, or you can have my horses if I am raptured. Nothing weird. You didn't see some T-shirt that looked like a John Deere sign, but it said Jesus Christ or Coca-Cola, Christ saves. Nothing weird like that. He just said, listen, I am on this pilgrimage. And God said, he's like, I am on this pilgrimage to discover meaning and purpose and whatever's missing in my life because it's deep in my soul. And I've got everything that a person could want, but I do not have peace in my spirit. And so he's searching. And God intersects his life with someone who was not perfect, new Christian, uh, you know, just, just didn't have all the answers. But God brought them together. I love that.
Because God meets you where you are. He meets you in unrest. He meets you in your doubt. He meets you in your fear. He meets you in what you've done wrong. He meets you where what, what things that have been done wrong to you. He meets you right at that intersection. He it, it empowers His grace, and He channels it through people to be a difference maker in the world. And, he, and here's where here's where Philip started. He said, "Listen." I could tell you a lot of things, I could share and I could brag and I could go on about my story, but here's why God has intersected me with you. I want you to see how your story is connected to God's story. You have picked this passage of scripture, this cannot be orchestrated any other way from Isaiah other than God himself, and I want you to show that that is talking about Jesus Christ, and that was done for you. You were on this journey from Ethiopia, you have all this power and all this prestige, I get that you have an empty life. I want you to see that this is Jesus, that Jesus died and was buried and rose again for you, and that if you will believe on him, if you'll accept him, he will come into your heart and life. And I mean, you can just tell he is getting going, and, and I mean, he is just fired up, and he goes way past the moment to give him a chance to be saved, to accept Christ. And this guy's like, look, verse 36, put it on the screen, look, water, what prevents me from being baptized? He asked this amazing question about baptism. And so he's unpacking this. You're going to see this in just a moment. He said, you know, God died for you, was buried and rose again for you, wants to invade your life. When he does, he brings purpose with him. He brings hope. He brings peace. He doesn't bring a perfect situation, a perfect setup. He brings life that lasts forever and gives you strength and hope and purpose and all of the things that you need to go through whatever life lays ahead of you. God has that. Then he's like, okay, this baptism thing. We're going to see this in a moment. Baptism doesn't wash away your sins. Baptism does not get you into heaven. Jamie, what kind of church is this? It's a Christian church. We believe the Bible. It's a church where everybody's welcome, a non-denominational church where everybody is welcome. But I want you to know that baptism has a place in the faith walk. It's the first step of obedience. It's when you have privately invited Christ in your heart and you publicly declare it in believer's baptism. I'm going to say something. I don't want, to, I don't want you to panic. I don't want you to become shame-filled. But if you have accepted Jesus Christ, we'll tell you a fact, and you balk at being baptized, you've got, a, you've got a big excuse, you've got a fear of water. If you've got a natural fear of water, I don't think that, that, that you have near the struggle with someone that just won't identify themselves with Christ. Natural fear of water we can walk you through. But some of us are holding on. We're thinking, we think that this is the big moment. The big moment was when you surrendered your life to Christ, if you surrendered your life to Christ. This is just saying, I have surrendered my life to Christ, and I'm identifying him, uh, my life with him. This is not saying I'm going to live perfect. This is not saying I'm never going to mess up. This is not going to say I may never need recovery or counseling or a book or help. This, this is not saying that, that you'll never have financial troubles. This is saying, I have believed on Jesus Christ, and I am going to follow him in believer's baptism. Now, there's another kind of little clause here. Some people were baptized as babies or as kids or as infants. I was one of those people. I was baptized as a kid before I accepted Jesus Christ. There's nothing wrong with that. I don't want you to be like panic. We don't practice that here because every baptism in the Bible, every baptism in the Bible, 
it's after a moment of faith, not for someone else, not to prevent, not kind of this buffer to protect them. One day we'll talk about where infant baptism came from, because it's a historical thing, not a biblical thing. It's not it's like they we use it like a good luck charm. We don't mean to, but it's what we do. So I want you to know, if you're here today, you've accepted Christ, you've recommitted your life to Christ, and you haven't been baptized since that time, I want to challenge you with what God challenged me with is Acts 10.
message. 